the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Uh, Work is not a curse, contrary to what some people think. It was there before the fall. But now that you have the fall, you have the earth cursed. But you have Adam still serving, and his service was unto the Lord. That's the way for every believer it's to be. Your service is unto the Lord, no matter how difficult it might be, no matter uh, what kind of pressures or hindrances you have. Whatever you do, the New Testament says, do all unto the Lord Jesus. Given a choice, I think most of us would spend most of our time in leisure activities. Even though work is usually not at the top of our list of fun stuff, God's original purpose for us was work. We were made for work, and the work was, and is meant to be, an expression of our worship of God. The problem is that the whole of creation is under a curse that makes work hard and frustrating. But when God finishes redeeming us and the rest of creation, work will be as joyful as it was before the fall. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today we begin airing the final message in Pastor Steve's encouraging series that answers many of our questions about heaven. We've considered what it is, what it's like, and what we'll be like. Today and for the following two programs, Pastor Steve will show us what the Bible says we'll be doing there. We have a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started. Here's Pastor Steve. I'd like us to conclude our study on heaven about heaven on a on a positive note. And I, I say that because so much of what we hear about heaven is is negative. It's not positive. It, it's usually couched in negative terms. In other words, much of what's presented in Scripture about heaven is from the perspective of what won't be there rather than what will be there. Have you ever noticed that? I'd like you to turn your Bibles to uh, Revelation 21 just to show you a little bit about what I what I mean. And this is fine because the Scriptures say this, but I want to balance it with other scripture. For example, Revelation 21, uh, verse 1 says, I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. John tells us there's there's no sea there, no ocean there. Verse 4, and he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any death, no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. You move over to uh, verse 22 and you see, I saw no temple in it. Now he's referring to the eternal state, the eternal state. I saw no temple in it for the Lord uh, God, the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Verse 23, and the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine upon it. Verse 25, and in the daytime for there shall be no night there. The gate shall never be closed. You look at chapter 22 of Revelation, you see verse 3, and there shall no longer be any curse. Verse 5, and there shall no longer be any night. And you have it also in other places. It just seems to me there is a reiteration of 
what won't be there in heaven. And we know from other scriptures, there won't be any sin there. There won't be any temptation, no longer any spiritual struggles with either the flesh, uh, with with Satan, no longer any conflicts, misunderstandings with people. And, and, And so it seems to me that we just hear so much about heaven in negative terms and uh, we know what's not going to be there, but what is going to be there? Uh, what are we going to do for all of eternity? See, I don't simply want to know what I'm not going to do in heaven. I also want to know what I'm going to do in heaven. And I think you want to know also, because that's what's intriguing to us, and that's, uh, it ought to motivate us. And, and uh, we have to be careful, though, at this point, because in our desire to know what's going to be in, in heaven, uh, Sometimes people have gone off on real creative, imaginative, speculative things because people have imagined a lot of of nonsense and silly things about what we're going to be doing in in heaven. Uh, We need to be careful that our uh, desire leads us to the Bible because God has revealed in general terms what we're going to be doing. Uh, But some people have said some silly things like we're going to be sitting on a cloud uh, playing harps. Or uh, we're going to be polishing the foundation stones of the New Jerusalem. Or uh, some people have said, we're going to be doing nothing. We're just going to be resting. When, when the scripture says of rest, by the way, uh, in heaven, it's, uh, it, it doesn't mean leisure. It doesn't mean laziness. It means that in our activity, we're going to be resting in the Lord. But some people have thought that we're just going to be resting and contemplating for all of eternity. What a bore. I'd be bored. Or, or, you know, this, whatever this may mean, eternal bliss. What is eternal bliss? But some people have this idea that for eons, we're just going to be laying around doing nothing. And so there's a lot of, of foolish nonsense that, uh, that have come forth from people's imaginations about what we're going to be doing in heaven. This morning, we want to take a positive look at what God has revealed in his word concerning what we're going to do in heaven. And uh, as I see it, the scriptures present two major or primary activities, responsibilities, roles that we will have in heaven. So if you're taking notes, this is very simple, uh, at least in general outline, that we're going to be moving around through the scriptures. And you'll see this. This is fascinating. The first activity we're going to have is serving God. We're going to serve God. Contrary to what some people think, heaven is not going to be an eternal holiday. We're going to be industrious. We're going to be working. We're going to be active serving the Lord. And to see this, Revelation 22, verse 3, which is a fascinating verse, and I'll show you why as we get into this. And there shall no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb, that's that's Christ, shall be in it, and his bondservants shall serve him. Now, the reason this is fascinating is because the word curse is, is related to the concept of service intentionally. It's an intentional reminder that back in Genesis 3, as a result of man's sin, God cursed the ground and forever his labor for the Lord was affected. It was affected. Let's look at Genesis 3, though we'll get back to uh, Revelation 22. Genesis 3 Verse 17, it says, Then Adam, now this is after the fall of man, after they disobeyed God, then, Ad, uh, then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, but thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field 
By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. What God was saying is from that day forth, man's toil was characterized by, by being painful and difficult. Because the ground was cursed. No matter how hard Adam worked, decay and sin and weakness hindered him because it was just a cursed ground. Then why did he do it? Why did he continue? Because if you look back at Genesis 2, verse 15, you'll see that God had assigned him this task. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. God's original design was for man to work hard. Uh, work is not a curse contrary to what some people think. It was there before the fall. But now that you have the fall, you have the earth cursed. But you have Adam still serving, and his service was unto the Lord. That's the way for every believer it's to be. Your service is unto the Lord, no matter how difficult it might be, no matter the, uh, what kind of pressures or hindrances you have. Whatever you do, the New Testament says, do all unto the Lord Jesus. Do all in the name of Christ, do it unto him. So Adam's work was direct service to God because it was God who assigned him the job of cultivating and keeping the garden. So we, we've established that work is not a curse. God's plan was that we were to serve him without any hindrance. And that's why when we go back to Revelation 22, 3, it's so wonderful to see because what this verse reveals is that in heaven, service and work will be what God always intended it to be. A complete pleasure, a complete joy. That's what God always intended our work for him to be. Why? Because the curse is going to be lifted. There will no longer be any curse on the earth. God the Father and God the Son will be there on their thrones and we will have the supreme joy of serving them without any hindrance, without any sin problems, without any, uh, anything that would be unpleasurable. Now, it's interesting, the Greek word that's translated in Revelation 22.3 for serve is not simply the word of a menial task. It's not doulos, it's, uh, it's not even the word from which we get deacon. It is, uh, it is a Greek word that really refers to priestly service. We're going to be serving, that's why the throne is mentioned there. We're going to be serving him as priests did in the Old Testament, only it'll be perfect. In the Old Testament, only a priest could enter into the presence of God. Only priests had direct access to God's presence. And Revelation 1.6 says that we are a kingdom of priests and in heaven we will have continual access to God's full glory. Now the question we need to ask ourselves is this. We know that we're going to serve God in heaven, but what exactly are we going to do? Now watch this. Listen very closely because the answer to this is this. Your specific service in heaven is being determined today by how faithful you serve Christ now on earth. You get that? Your service, what you will be doing in heaven is being determined today by what you do now in serving Jesus Christ. I want you to see this in Scripture. Let's turn to Matthew. Everyone needs to turn there to Matthew 25. This is going, hopefully, to change your whole perspective on your service for Christ today. And that's why what we're studying today is so very practical concerning your life on earth. In Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14, Jesus gave a parable, a story, but a story that illustrates a great truth. He said, for it is just like speaking of the kingdom of heaven, for it is just like a man about to go on a journey 
who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. And to one he gave five talents, and that's money, by the way. Don't think of a talent in terms of ability right now. It's, it's money. He gave five talents to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. So he gave money based on their ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came up and bought five more talents. And, say, and he's saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I've gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted to me two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful uh, slave. You, you were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. We'll stop there because uh, the next one is not pertinent to what I want you to see. But the next one didn't do anything with it. And Jesus condemned him for that. The, the point here is this. Let, let's, let's analyze this a little bit. He said, now, obviously, the man on the journey represents Jesus Christ while he's away from earth. He's, it's like he's gone on a journey and he's gone to heaven and he's away from the earth. The slaves in this parable represent us who serve him, his people, church-age believers, while he's away. The talents refer to money. They refer to money, and, and a considerable amount of money. Uh, one talent was worth about $1,000 in silver contents, more in, in purchasing power. So it's quite a bit of, of money. And Jesus gave, in this parable, varying amounts of money to his slaves. It says, according to their ability. Now, that's very important to understand, according to their ability. In other words, the talents, watch this, represent opportunities to use our abilities to faithfully serve the Lord. The talents represent opportunities to use our abilities to faithfully serve the Lord. God hasn't given us all the same ability. We need to recognize that we're not all equal in that sense. We all don't have the same spiritual gifts. We all don't have the same talents in terms of natural abilities. We all don't have the same capabilities. We all don't have the same intellect. We all don't have the same emotional makeup. We all don't have the same physical makeup. We're, we're different. We're not equal in that sense. We're all different. Different abilities, different spiritual gifts, and so forth. Uh, but we are all responsible to use what God has given us to accomplish as much for Christ as we can while He's away. We may not be equal in abilities, but we are to give equal effort in our service for Christ. Equal effort to serve Christ. We're to put forth the same effort. Because when Jesus returns, he's going to, as he says in this story, he's going to evaluate whether we were faithful with the opportunities we had to serve him now. And notice what happens upon the master's return. Let's look over verse 21 through 23. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted me two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. So the one who had the five talents and the one who had the two talents didn't have the same abilities. They didn't. 
but they, get, they put out the same effort, and percentage-wise, they produced. His master said to him, well done, and good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, the point that you need to see is that faithfulness to Jesus Christ, to serve him today, determines opportunities for future service, not simply on earth, but also in heaven. This is about the kingdom of heaven. This is a parable about the kingdom of heaven. And that means that regardless of what you do for Christ now, whether it's teaching a class of Sunday schoolers who don't want to be taught by you, who are misbehaving, who you wonder if, if they ever are going to learn, or whether it's just cutting the lawn outside the church here, or whether it means being in the pulpit and being in the spotlight, it really, that isn't the issue. The issue is your faithfulness to serve Christ, your faithfulness to whatever God has assigned you to use your ability to serve him and what you do, that will determine what you do in heaven. That will determine what you do in heaven. It doesn't matter how menial your task is, just be faithful. And faithfulness, by the way, is not simply loyalty to just doing it. It's, it's also involved with motives and attitudes uh, and, and the right attitudes, the right motives, the, the right perspective, all of that. There's no room, that's why there's no room for jealousy in service for Christ. Some have more abilities than you do. Some have less abilities than you do. The issue is not what you're to do. The issue is your faithfulness in doing it and serving the Lord. And it really doesn't matter whether you're recognized by people for this or not. There are some people who just don't get recognized. They never get credit. And sometimes you're just overlooked. But God doesn't overlook it. And if this parable tells us anything, it tells us that God doesn't overlook your service. And he will reward you with greater opportunities for service because of your faithfulness. Now, you may wonder, what if I do nothing for Christ now? And a lot of Christians are in that, in that category. They basically don't do anything. They may know a lot about the Bible. Uh, they may be waiting for great opportunities to serve him in some kind of teaching capacity, which will never come because they're not being faithful in little things. And what if you don't serve the Lord now? Well, according to Revelation 22, we are all going to serve him in eternity. So whether you serve him now or not, doesn't mean that you're not going to serve him in eternity. You're, we're all going to be serving him, but watch this. Let's turn to Luke 19, which is a similar parable, but it's a little bit different than Matthew 25. Now watch this, because this is just incredible. What if you don't serve him? Luke 19, beginning at verse 11. And while they were listening to these things, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he had to clarify that the kingdom of God's not going to appear immediately. But he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return. And he called 10 of his slaves and gave them 10 minyas. Now, minyas represent money or, or pounds. And he said to them, do business with this until I come back. Now, let's just jump over to verse 15. And when, he, when it came about that when he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him in order that he might uh, know what business they had done. And the first appeared saying, Master, your minya was, uh, has uh, made 10 minyas more. And he said to him, well done, good slave, because you have been faithful in, very, in a very little thing, be in authority over ten cities. 
And the second came saying, your minya master has made five minyas. And he said to him also, and you are to be over five cities. And another came and, uh, and, and so forth. And you once, once again, you have a wicked one who didn't do anything and there's condemnation. But that's not what I want you to, to focus on. What I want you to see is the reward for your faithfulness is greater service and more responsibility in heaven. The greater your faithfulness is now, the more you use the opportunities that God has given you based on your abilities to serve him, the more you will have in terms of work and increased responsibility in heaven. That, that's just a heavy thought. And we're talking about better in, in terms of, uh, as we said before, in terms of good motives, good attitudes, good effort. Some people can be loyal, but they have just poor attitudes. I'm going to do it because I have to do it. That's not what he's talking about. But this is a tremendous, tremendous truth. He's talking about the future of the kingdom of heaven. He's saying that to someone who is faithful, he'll give them charge of more things. That's just a great truth. Now, this is one reason why you want to be active today. It's not the only reason, but one reason why you want to be active today. Because today's service is God's preparation for greater service, not only on earth, but greater service in heaven. It counts for eternity. You see, this, th this is just so important. This is why you never want to retire from the Lord's service, senior citizens. You need to keep that in mind. You may have retired from your business, but we never retire from serving the Lord. And this is why we don't excuse ourselves from ever serving him, young people. With the attitudes, when, when I'm married and I have children, then I might serve him. Where does that say it in the Bible? You don't want to get to heaven and, and find out that you failed to do anything on earth and you have something of less responsibility in heaven. That's what this is about. And what are you doing for Christ today? What ministry are you involved in? Are you active in this church? Do you serve anybody? Do you serve a ministry? Do you do anything? That's, that's why this is so important. You see, this puts Christian service in a different light. It puts it in an eternal light. In fact, 1 Corinthians, this is where I think 1 Corinthians 15 comes into play. 1 Corinthians 15, you don't need to turn there, but 1 Corinthians 15, 58, in light of the fact that there's a future resurrection, we're going to stand before the Lord. Paul says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. The reason it's not in vain in the Lord is because it counts for eternity. It affects your responsibility. You may be over 10 cities. You may be ruling in a greater capacity because you are faithful to him now. Even if others didn't see it, even if it was a menial task. And maybe this is what Jesus meant when he said the first shall be last. We always kid about that at potluck dinners. Who's going to be first in line? It has nothing to do with potluck dinners. Maybe it has everything to do with, with the first being last and last being first in terms of service. Those who, who do their task well now will be given greater responsibilities. And, and those who are in the spotlight now and are not doing it faithfully, maybe they'll be last. You see, this is where eternal rewards fit in. I've been thinking about it this week. It only makes sense that our rewards in heaven will be our responsibilities to serve Christ. Maybe that's not the whole picture about rewards, but it, but it has to be part of it. And there is a scriptural basis for this conclusion, but our time is nearly gone for today. We'll continue Pastor Steve's line of thought on the next verse by verse. 
I'm glad you were here today as Pastor Steve Kreloff launched into his concluding sermon in this series about heaven. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Stop in some Sunday if you're in town. I know Pastor Steve would enjoy meeting you. The address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. Find out more online at lakesidechapel.com or call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714 or lakesidechapel.com. If you just joined us in this series and want to catch up on earlier broadcasts, they're all available for free streaming or download on the Message Archive page at versebyverseradio.org. If you've been blessed listening to these Bible classes of the air and feel led to help support this ministry, that's very simple to do through the giving page at our website. We greatly appreciate the generous listeners who help us pay for the airtime and other expenses. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. This is Jerry Peterson. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with Christ. In other words, we will inherit the same kind of thing he'll inherit. Well, since he certainly did not inherit eternal life, he's always had that. What is it that we'll inherit with him? Pastor Steve will open God's Word to answer that question and more on the next Verse by Verse. I hope you can tune in. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.